Hey everybody, welcome to the very first Valor Adventures podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Brandon Neal, and I'm with my co-host here, Andrew Fletcher. Andrew, how you doing? I can complain, but only a little bit. All right, he's right across, across the uh, table here from me, and we're very excited to bring this podcast to you all, and as we're getting started here, uh, we wanted to kind of talk to you a little, little bit about who we are as a company, but also who we are as people and uh, talk a little bit about what this podcast is going to be about. I mean, our, our, our goal is to provide you with some great entertainment, and I think even more importantly than, than that, just some good value, good information you can use and uh, put to use in everything you do in the outdoors, um, particular, particularly in hunting and fishing and, and those type of things. But, you know, we may, we may wander into some other stuff too because we like to do a bunch of different things, right? Definitely. So... Uh, anyway, uh, so a little bit about why we started our company. We're actually fueled by a company called Rolling Bones Outdoors. And so I'm actually one of the owners in that company um, with Brian Mayman and Brad Dana and Noel Erickson. And uh, we uh, started that company 10 years ago. And the reason we did that is we saw a big need out there for uh, people that would maybe, you know, they wanted to go on a hunt. They didn't know you know, where to look to go on a good hunt. They'd get on Google once Google started to exist, right? Before that, I don't know what they did, just referrals, I guess, phone book, I don't know. But get on Google and they, they Google hunts or whatever. Maybe sometimes they go through some of the other uh, companies out there. But what, what we would see happen often is hunters would book hunts, they'd go on the hunt, they paid for one thing and it ended up being something that they didn't expect and had maybe a bad experience. We also saw on the outfitter side of it. The outfitters would get the wrong hunter in their camps. Uh, you know, they'd expect somebody who was maybe fit enough to do the hiking that was maybe required and the hunter would show up and really wasn't in any, any shape to be able to, to, to hike or whatever, or vice versa. You know, they had a hunt that was, you know, out of a side-by-side -side and the person wanted to do more, you know, hiking and spiking out. So we saw a need for that and we thought, you know what, we're going to put together a company where we can protect the outfitter we can protect the, um, the customer, we call them our members, and make sure that there's always a good marriage there. And whether there's somebody who books hunts or does do it yourself, I mean, whichever kind of a hunter you are, we have information and uh, resources to help you either way. And I mean, we provide services for all types of things. I mean, you know, your hunting needs, your application services, we do unlimited states and limited species. Uh, make sure you never miss deadlines. We help you draw more tags because of that and because we do apply for more tags. We offer rifle systems. We do shooting schools. We um, have tips on archery. In fact, if you listen to the Rolling Bones uh, Hunt the World podcast this week, Brian Mayman talks about archery quite a bit. Um, we obviously offer a lot of hunts. I think we're somewhere around 4,000 vetted hunts on our catalog right now. Uh, we, we, we book a lot of those with the Canada border that's been, uh, Canadian border has been closed down for the last little bit because of uh, COVID. All of our other hunts have been just booked solid, you know. Um, so if, if you want to go on a hunt, get a hold of us. And uh, if there's one available, you want to get on it because they're booking quick. But yeah, we do hunt plans, gear, all that kind of stuff. And we really do have the most extensive hunt catalog on planet Earth. Uh, just because we did see that huge need out there. And, uh, and, and again, we have vetted all of them and made sure that they are exactly what, um, what you would expect when you, when you book a hunt. 
and uh, our outfitters love us. We love them. We, we support them. Uh, we communicate with them a lot. Um, and uh, we also do our best to do that same thing with our members, right? Absolutely. So, so anyway, we, we have a, a phrase that uh, we say, don't, don't get Googled. <laughs> um, just meaning, you know, don't, don't just rely on Google. Uh, I mean, we have our silver membership. It's like 50 bucks a year is all right. And for that 50 bucks a year, you have the most extensive uh, opportunity to get out on the, on the very best adventures you can, right? And we're working on some awesome stuff with uh, Valor Adventures here with just some trespass fee stuff, right, that yep. we're, we're putting together and really cool opportunities there for you do-it-yourself guys. So um, if you're looking for, to do that, uh, get a hold of us for that also. But anyway, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll start off and talk a little bit about um, – myself does that sound a little bit arrogant <laughs> not when you're Brandon Neal <laughs> so I'll I'll just just so everybody knows who we are right that that's my purpose with this I, I I'm not much of a, a bragger I'm really not but uh thought I would go over my story with you and then have Andrew share his story so you can decide if we're some uh couple of guys you might want to listen to we will have other people on here that you probably will want to listen to you may you may not want to listen to us but uh, we promise we'll have some other people that you will want to. We'll, we'll probably have some of our other advisors on with us as well that uh, have got great experience in the outdoor industry as well. Uh, oh, by the way, one thing we are, just so you all know, uh, is we are the first branded agency model in the outdoor industry. And we came up with that model because of all of our previous businesses. Uh, when I say all of our businesses, uh, our financial services businesses, um, Brian Mayman and myself, Noel Erickson, we all built financial agencies over the last 20 plus years. Um, and I actually just sold my business about five, six months ago now, right? And that model works so well that about 10 years ago when we were still building our financial businesses, Brian and I started talking a lot about what we could do to build an outdoor company with the same type of a model that would allow people to really talk hunting and go go to work in the in the outdoor industry where they're passionate and be able to make a good part-time income and even a significant full-time income. So we, we've gotten excited about that and we're now, we, we got that play in force right now, right? We've got a lot of our advisors that are doing super well with us right now, uh, making some some money. Um, they're, they're getting to know the industry better. They're becoming better outdoorsmen and better hunters themselves. So it's pretty cool. Um, so anyway, uh, my, my story, I grew up in Utah my entire life. I grew up in Sandy, Utah and grew up with really, a, a culture of hunting around me. My dad has always been a hunter. So I always tell people I hunted before it was cool. And we'd go out in the old camo that you would get at the army depots and stuff where our Levi's and you know, we hunted way back in the day when, when you did that. And I remember <clears throat> um, just going out. My, my very first hunt, I remember with my dad, uh, it was a, a deer hunt. And it was up, it was in northern Utah somewhere. I don't even know exactly where it was. <clears throat> but I remember he took he took us to a, a, a place where we had to hike. Pretty good little hike. I was I think I was probably, I don't know, maybe seven years old, six years old. I was, I was little. But I remember doing this hike, getting on this big rock. And we sat on this big rock where you could see a lot of country. And we could see deer run through all the time. And we sat on that rock and had a little bit of weather come in. And we made a fire and we cooked Vienna sausages and we had sardines and crackers. And it was just a cool experience. I'll always remember it. And that 
that got me excited about hunting. That's why you started growing chest hair at age 11. Because <laughs> of the sardines? Uh, of, of course. <laughs> you know, sardines never taste good at home, but when you're hunting, sometimes, if they're the right ones, they can taste okay, right? I think there's a direct correlation of how things taste based on how hungry you are. Amen. You know what else? Vienna sausages. I don't know if you like those. I, I don't like them at home, but at, on that particular day, man, I was I, I, I fell in love with those things. I relate on a spiritual level. That and spam. Spam, yeah. That could work. <laughs> it's amazing how, how much better things taste on the mountain. So anyway, that was my first experience. And then, you know, we, and then from there, I mean, I'd, I just looked forward to every hunting season because we would usually go out for the entire deer hunt. Uh, I guess I guess back then it wasn't the entire deer hunt because back then you used to be able to hunt, I think, for like a month at a time, right? And you could hunt archery and rifle and in Utah, right? And, and muzzleloader, you could do it all. So you could elk hunt and deer hunt. And did you have quite a bit of family? Was it mostly just you and your dad, or did you have a big group that went? Or? Yeah, so uh, both of his brothers, my uncles, they would go with us a lot of the time. And then um, some of his uh, coworkers, he's a, he was a lineman for Rocky Mountain Power. So we grew up uh, with a lot of... Uh, his coworkers' friends were my friend. Their, their kids were my friends, and we would yeah we'd go set up camps and we used to go camp uh, in the Coral Pink Sand Dunes here in Utah, which is borders the Ponsagant, and we used to do that hunt back when I was in high school during the muzzleloader, which was during the rut, and there weren't a lot of deer moved in yet usually, but if you did see them, you had a potential of seeing some really big bucks, and uh, I did see a few big bucks. Never could get a really good shot off at a good buck. Uh, that's where I killed my first buck was coral pink sand dunes. How and, big was your first buck? Uh, like a little two point is all he was. Yeah. And he, ha- he actually was um, injured. He actually had been shot earlier in the hunt, but he was, he was uh, just so he was limping along and uh, walked right by me. So <laughs> I uh, put him out of his misery. So I'll count it, man. And it wasn't my first year either. I was, I think it was my third year hunting deer. I just, you know, just didn't have very good luck. We always, we always muzzleloader hunted back then. Um, I drew up for the Ponsagant when I was in high school, and uh, we were dedicated hunters at that time, so we could hunt all three seasons, and spent most, the mistake we made on that hunt is I went on um, uh, the rifle mostly, and I wish I would have waited until the muzzleloader, because back then again, the muzzleloader was late, and the muzzleloader was just a better hunt, but I did uh, miss a giant deer at about 50 yards with the muzzleloader, because I, I went back for a weekend on the muzzleloader, because I didn't get, we just couldn't get get into them on the rifle. They were too spread out. They just weren't all moved down to the lower country. And, uh, yeah, I went out uh, for a couple of days, and, man, we saw this giant buck right off the road. So my dad stops. I hop out of the truck, walk off the road a little bit, and the buck's just standing there. I pull up. I go, this is an easy shot. And I must have jerked the trigger. I don't know what, but I, I missed him. There's nothing more frustrating in this world than muzzleloaders. Oh, and, 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 you know, of course you shoot and they just stand there and look at you like, what was that? Right. So not, I hurry and not reload. Even close enough to scare <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so I reload and he takes off and, uh, I, I just, uh, never did get another shot off at him, but he was, I mean, he was probably, he's probably a person 30 inches. I mean, he was, he was a good deer, you know, um, back then we always, we were always looking for the 30 incher, you know, and that was back in 1996, I think. So was, was that before you were born? Yeah, I wasn't even born yet. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so ride anyway. Your, ride your dinosaur out there. <laughs> yeah. Shoot your flintlock at him. So anyway, that was, you know, my early, a couple of my early hunting experiences. Uh, I remember I did get lost one year. I was in fifth grade. I got lost uh, hunting with my dad. Uh, pretty scary situation. That's, that's I don't, don't have enough time about all that, but ended up getting my way back to camp. But it was an uh, interesting deal there. So maybe another time I'll talk about that. Um, anyway, I served a church mission for a couple of years after high school 
and uh, my mission president was a big hunter. He always hunted with a, a, a bow. He, he thought rifle was way too easy, and he also thought a compound bow was too easy, so he always used a recurve and killed a lot of deer. He's, he's from Atlanta, Georgia, so um, that was kind of fun being around him for a while. Um, came home, uh, started dating my wife right away. We got married. Um, we've had four kids since then. I've got uh, two daughters and then two little boys and my youngest of course he's five years old and of course he's the one that wants to hunt all the time but he's a little bit too small so that figures right um i uh like i said earlier in the podcast uh, built a big financial services agency over the last 20 years had a lot of success there we actually took a company public back in 2010 and uh we just did very well there, uh, built an agency of about a thousand agents. We helped about 300 clients a month when I sold that. And uh, a lot of people asked me why I sold it. I never thought I would sell it, but things kind of worked out about six months ago to where it just, uh, it was one of those things that kind of made sense, felt like it was what God wanted me to do. And, uh, that's why I made that move. And now I'm full time doing all this stuff. So it's a dream come true to be able to make a living doing what I love pretty fortunate there. Um, fitness has always been a pretty big priority of mine. I work out pretty much seven days a week. I usually, you know, lift some weights. I do a lot of band workouts with the bands. Um, I'm big on that now. It's just, it's easier on the joints and I get a better workout than weights. I, I, uh, one of my favorite things is bands. Then I usually run or mountain bike or road bike every day. And then, uh, that's what I do. Not to sound like Cameron Haynes or anything, but I do it every day, you know? So, uh, and I've done that before I ever followed Cameron Haynes. So um, that's just what I've done. Uh, I've done a few triathlons, a couple Ironmans. So I did that, you know, years years ago. Don't do don't do that much today. Uh, try to follow a pretty strict diet. So some of this stuff we might cover as we as we move forward. Uh, but uh, I really am big on um, self improvement and discipline and and. Uh, it really, I believe discipline, as Jacka Willick says, discipline equals freedom, right? And self-improvement builds confidence and uh, also helps with your uh, self, self, um, yeah, just, just confidence in general. Um, hunted in several places, uh, Alaska, Canada, uh, several different states, uh, looking at going to, we are going to go to Tazikistan here in February for Ibex. We're excited about that. And I've hunted, you know, elk, mule deer, Love, love, uh, love predator hunting, coyotes, bobcats, um, called a mountain lion in one time. I killed a mountain lion, uh, pronghorn bison, doll sheep, black bear, caribou, grizzly, javelina, you know, um, all those things I've, I've hunted and successfully hunted those things. And actually just got back from a bison hunt in Alaska uh, a couple of weeks ago. And that was a fun hunt. Uh, we'll talk about that one of these times, but, uh, same thing, if you go to the Hunt the World podcast, Rolling Bones, I think it's going to be this next week's episode if you want to hear about that hunt. So that's a quick rundown of my story. And, um, you know, I uh, would like to now hear from Andrew because Andrew's quite a bit younger than me. You're 24? Yep. And I'm 42. So I could, I guess I could be your dad could be if you got on it pretty quick (laughs) (laughs) it'd be close but Andrew's a young man but I'll tell you I learned a lot from him Um, he has guided for several years Um, he's hunted for several years 
He is fanatical about um, just precision shooting. Uh, rifle, you know, rifle building. He's built. He's built a bunch of rifles. He's he's really good at that. He's very meticulous. Builds a really good rifle. He also does a lot of um, reloading and has done a lot of reloading. And same thing. He he's one of those guys that'll weigh his brass and and uh, right down to the you know. And I, I mean, I just full disclosure. I usually don't weigh my brass. I mean, I you know I weigh my powder and all that stuff, right? But he'll weigh his bullets. He'll see. He, he's you're one of those tech techie guys. I get really anal if it's not perfect. Which I like that. And so I should just have you do all my reloading because you'd be even more than I. But, you know, I get by pretty good. I mean, I usually shoot sub-MOA, half-MOA, quarter-MOA. I think people go way too far down the rabbit hole on that, honestly. Like, you, you, you get to a certain point where you're not a good enough shooter to make up for that. I had one of, one of the guys that I first started, first started reloading for. He's an engineer, super, super technical. And he was getting down to, like, which mock we were – going over his ballistic coefficient at, and he was shooting like a four-inch group at 100 yards. So there's, there's give and take. I think the majority of people would be a lot better served spending extra time shooting than they would on a reloading bench, but maybe that's just me. I agree. Yeah, shoot, 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 and shoot some more, right? Practice. Make sure you get a bullet that shoots good with your gun. And uh, I know I keep referring to the Hunt in the World podcast, but it's just because that's the topic this week, right? It's one of the things that we, we talked about. I, I didn't talk about it. Brad and Brian and, and Brian Martin talked about that. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Andrew, uh, yeah, you're you're uh, very valuable to our company, very valuable to me as a friend, and valuable to those that are listening right now, those that are driving down the road, listening to your cars. Um, you got some good stuff. So tell us about yourself. What's your story? Where are you from? All that. Whatever you want to tell me. What so everyone I, tell us? I grew up in Ephraim, Utah, so right central part of the state. We got uh, two stoplights in the whole county. Got more turkeys than people. So that's probably what San Pete's most famous for is turkeys. So growing up, I was always obviously big into hunting. was kind of from day one. I, I always joke because our family reunions were always smaller than our deer hunts. Our whole family's just always been huge into hunting. None of them were good at it, but we'd always go. <laughs> so usually growing up, if, if it was brown, it was down. If there was a spike, he was in trouble. They just kill whatever. That's so, kind of the mantra up there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Two point central, right? Yeah. So I always hunted from forever. I remember going out with my grandpa before he passed away, just folding out lawn chairs, sitting in cedar trees. Um, so did that forever. I was always big into basketball in high school. It was kind of my whole life. Uh, we won two state championships in high school. Uh, had a bunch of college offers going out. I actually started dating my wife my junior year in high school. Um, so graduated. Um, was trying to decide what I wanted to do. Wanted wondered whether I wanted to go play college basketball, get a job, go to school. Just kind of busy time in life. So I ended up getting married. Married Paige. We were 18 years old. Which wow. I don't know if I'd recommend doing or not, but that's what we did. So got married really young and just kind of weighing options. You know, I was looking at a looking at which schools I had a couple scholarship offers which schools I wanted to maybe look at going to um but when we got married my father-in-law he's gone on this hunting trip up to Wyoming for probably the last 20 25 years and I'd never killed a big deer all the way through high school never killed a big deer sucked at hunting honestly and uh so he goes he goes to this Wyoming trip every year well now he has to invite me because I just married his daughter so he invited me to go that year when it's a November hunt and uh so I decided you know, you can either choose between having a happy wife and getting on a, getting 
getting on a good hunt or go play college basketball, just looking at looking at the time commitment there. You know, you wake up, you got early morning workouts, class all day, yeah. practice, homework. So being newly married, my wife requires a certain level of attention every day to not kill me while I sleep. <laughs> so I chose life and deer hunting over basketball. So ended up uh, getting started in school, hated it. Um, then ended up just dropping out, working full-time um, for a gun manufacturer, putting Paige through nursing school. Um, moved down to St. George, that's where I met you. I moved down here just so Paige could finish up at, at uh, Dixie, get her nursing degree. Uh, I was building guns down here, built a couple for you, and then uh, just got introduced to, to the Rolling Bones and Valor Outdoors. And the biggest thing that I, I saw in it was everybody wants to be able to make money in the outdoor industry. That's always been a huge passion of mine. I was actually looking at buying a gun business down here. I just figured what, what better life could there be, right? Get to play with guns, talk about hunting, just thought it'd be the dream, but just didn't have the means to necessarily do it. The shop that I was looking at, they wanted about 300,000 for the business. Couldn't get approved for a loan. Um, Well, there's a lot more to that than just buying it and going to, right? I mean, we, we, we found that out and, you know, you got to get the components and, and uh, with, you know, with Rolling Bones, we've really uh, went through the ringer with that for the last 10 years. And we finally got it dialed in really well now. Yeah. But it's, it's, um, it's, it's not as easy as someone may think. Yeah. System's everything. Yes, system's it is. Systems everything. It is. Yeah. So got started with, with you and Valor and, and uh, building financial services agency currently. Just living the dream. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. And uh, so what are, what are your goals? I mean, what do you want to accomplish here with us? I mean, you're also building a financial business as well. Yep. And uh, same company I was with. In fact, we're still working together with that one a little bit as well, right? Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm working with you on that and um, having a good time there because it's just such a huge need, such a good business. But, uh, yeah, what are your goals, man? What are you, where, where are you going? Seven figures by age 30 is kind of my goal right now, income-wise. Um, mostly just freedom. I don't really care about having a bunch of money in the bank, but you kind of – life's kind of a pay to play type deal, especially hunting industry, the way it's moving anymore. So you gotta, you gotta have the, the means necessary to do the things that you love. Um, so I kind of just focus on building businesses right now so that I can go kill everything in the world. Awesome. <laughs> well, no, I, I'm with you. I mean, and I've, fortunately I've been very blessed to, you know, I mean, I was never taught how to build a business or anything growing up, you know? So when I got introduced to that financial business I got introduced to, uh, to me, the, the guy that I went to work with was doing really well. I mean, he was making, you know, 20, 30 grand a month and had a lot of freedom. And I'm 22 years old looking at this going, man, if I could do that and have freedom, that'd be awesome. So I got involved and just followed exactly what he taught me to do. And just, he said, hey, by, by, by end of my second year, I was making six figures. And if you do this, you'll do the same. I copied him. I did the same thing, you know? So seven years later, we were cash flowing really big income, you know, like the seven figure number, like, and, and, and had a lot of freedom. Yeah. And, uh, that's, that's the name of the game, man, is being able to have the best of both worlds. Right. And, and providing a service that is life changing for people. And, uh, I believe that we did that there. And the reason that we started Rolling Bones and, and, uh, Valor Adventures is, by the way, if in case you're wondering, what is the difference between Rolling Bones and Valor Adventures? Valor Adventures is our agency within Rolling Bones, right? That's just kind of our agency team business within Rolling Bones. We're fueled by Rolling Bones, I guess you could say. So we have the same hunt, same products. And then we, you know, we just kind of have our spin on it. Yep. Um, and, uh, we would say we have our advantage of a spin over it right that's that's the goal and uh, others who who build agencies with us within rolling bones get to do the same thing so we allow people to have that their own identity and we we love that because we know everybody's got their strengths 
And, uh, you know, that's why in the financial business, you, you know, you've, you're, you're doing that and you've got your goals. And, and anyway, so I've been blessed. I mean, the last 10 years, I've been able to really live life on my terms, even longer than that, 15 years now. And, um, can, I mean, I'm not, I'm not laying up, I'm, I'm not done by any means. We're, we're working harder than ever to really take this business to a level where we can change lives and, uh, and, and, and get, I don't know, get, I guess get education out there on what hunting is and why it's so important and why conservation matters. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that one of my, I guess, crusades with this whole deal is helping those that are against hunting understand hunting more. Because I think if they understood it, they would support hunting because hunting is what allows our wildlife to thrive, right? Yep. And when there's no hunting then illegal things happen, right? There's no regulation with things. And hunting brings a lot of um, financial benefit into the industry to regulate areas and make sure that the right amount of animals are taken each year. And anyway, we could, that, that's time for another podcast. But I want to I make sure people have all the education they possibly can. Um, look, if, if someone doesn't want to hunt, that's fine. I don't, think any, I don't think everybody has to hunt or has to like hunting even if they don't like it. But just understand it. You know, if you understood it, you wouldn't, I don't believe you'd be against it. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I, I think that's a, the case with everything. If, if people are against something, for example, I hate soccer. I think soccer is a waste of grass, but I also couldn't tell you two rules that occur in soccer. So yeah. and it's not because soccer's bad or it's dumb. It's just, I have no idea how soccer works and I suck at soccer. So therefore I don't like soccer. Yeah. Right? It's right. the same thing with, with most people that are against hunting or anti-hunting. It's usually just a lack of exposure and then either them jumping to conclusions or just a lack of understanding. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I agree. I agree. So yeah, we're, we're going to, you know, we're going to talk about all kinds of cool stuff on this, right? We, I mean, we've got a, a laundry list of, of topics that we're going to cover um, I mean, you know, and, and, and would love to hear anybody's feedback or comments, how we can make this better. If the sound quality isn't, I, we've got to get the sound quality even better than this, right? It's, 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 uh, okay right now, but we'll, we'll work on that. We'll, we'll get things better. We'll get things really dialed in here. But, uh, anyway, I would just say, I mean, any, anything else you wanted to cover today, Andrew, on this? Not necessarily. I just think, I think mostly just introducing the company. One of the things that, that really caught my attention when you first introduced me to Rolling Bones and Valor was... I, could, I, I understood the background in the financial industry that you guys had, and I think everybody agrees financially that it makes sense to have a plan. And what's, what's interesting to me about, about Rolling Bones and Valor and how it works is it's a very similar model, but it's also a very similar service, right? So if you look at some of the top financial advisors in, in the country, if people were to you know, be able to get personal help from those financial advisors, they'd be ecstatic over it. Right. So we provide pretty much a, an identical service, but rather than financial services, we're in hunt planning, right? So having a hunt plan is huge. And so like a good example of that, my, my father-in-law last year drew zero tags. He didn't get a hunt at all. So I think this is now more than ever, just with how tags are getting harder to draw. Last year, drew no tags, became a client. We got a hunt plan together. And this year he's got three big bull elk tags, got two deer tags he's turned back in two deer tags and he's got an antelope tag so nothing's changed other than he had a plan and we helped him apply that plan so just a lack of knowledge out there is really what i'm trying to attack and just help people you know grow grow our sport a lot of people think that that hunting 
you know, is overcrowded and there's a lack of, or there's too many hunters. But I, I think that if we can kind of change that mentality where you need to be kind of one, one group, one unit, you know, and help grow that, that's the only way that we're going to be able to continue to do what we enjoy doing, help uh, people with their understanding. So my, my main mission with it is just to help, help new hunters with the, you know, equip themselves with the knowledge, the tools, everything that they need, then also provide an unmatched service and value to current hunters. Very good. I, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I just had a conversation this last week with one of our members who drew a Roosevelt elk tag and he's going to go do it yourself, but he had never, he has never really hunted out of his backpack, you know, so they are, they are going to be dropped off at a base where they can set up a base camp with a wall tent. But then from there, he's going to be spiking out. Yeah. So he's never done that before. So I had a good conversation with him, probably, you know, 30, 40 minutes hey, here's the pack you should have, the rain gear, the, the sleeping bag. And it was good we had this conversation because he had a sleep, is like a 40-degree a sleeping bag. I'm like, dude, you're going to be hunting in sep- late September, October in B.C. You better have a at least a zero-degree bag. I'd maybe even go negative 10, negative 20-degree bag and, because if you spike out, you know, and then he also didn't have a pad, right? And so you, you can't put that sleeping bag right on the ground. You freeze to death. So you yeah. got to have a pad. Just little things like that, you know? Yep. So even if you're a do-it-yourself guy, you need to be a member and, 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 and call us. I mean, even if you think you know it all, I, I don't. I definitely don't know it all. I mean, I've been on a lot of do-it-yourself stuff, and I've been on a lot of guided and outfitted stuff. And I'll tell you, I've learned both ways, and I still have a lot. To, I learn something new every time I go out. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing that people people miss out on. Is like, obviously, we can, we can put a value on a gun, right? We can break down components, look at what it does. You can put a value on a gun. You can put a value on a membership, right? The knowledge is invaluable, right? You can't put, you can't put a value on that. So that's, that's, I think the biggest thing and knowledge is everything, especially if you're, you're clueless on stuff. Like I was telling you how bad I suck growing up, right? It's like my first deer was a spike. My second deer was a spike. And like the next three, I killed her two points. So a good example, one of my best friends, huge, huge hunter. His dad was a huge hunter just, and they always killed good stuff. So he invited me to go with him one time. It was it was like the second day of the bow hunt, and I was just trying to kill something with my bow. Didn't care what it was. Said if it had horns, I'm flinging. And uh, I was clueless on what I was doing. I thought, man, if I could kill a deer with a bow, it'd just be the end all be all. I'd be set. So he said, well, how picky are you? I said, I don't care what it is. He goes, oh yeah, we'll be done first morning. He said, guarantee you get a shot. Yeah, what a cocky sucker, you know? Yeah. So first morning, we park. Within five minutes of light, there's a tube. I shot at this buck. It was 15 yards, whiffed it. I was shaking so stinking bad. And, and just as my knowledge has progressed, you get better, you learn more. Like if I wanted to kill a two-point now, I'm done first morning every time, you know? It's the same thing in everything, but especially hunting where you don't have the experience it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have to have the knowledge associated with that because you have the resources that, that have those experiences. Exactly. Yeah. We can, we can, we can, uh, shorten that learning curve uh, exponentially. Sure. Right. Um, one thing you are good at, I'll tell you this is you can shoot a 18 inch steel plate at 500 yards free, st- free hand. I've seen you do that Yeah. <laughs> out of 10 shots. I think you hit it like four. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good, man. I, I, that's 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 impressive. So if you want to know how to how to shoot freehand 500 yards, I don't recommend it, but Andrew can do it. He can teach you. Do it lots and lots and lots of times. More than once. <laughs> yes, more than once. That's the key. He's 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 messed with that. He's done a lot of shooting for a 24-year-old young man. So don't let his age fool you. He's got more experience than probably most 60-year-olds when it comes to shooting. Um, shooting for sure. Shooting, reloading, all that kind of stuff. He doesn't have enough years under his belt to be – uh, have a lot of hunting, but he's got, he's got a lot for his age for sure. 
Uh, he's been to some pretty cool places in Colorado and, and uh, places I have not been that I want to go to with him here. Uh, they're, again, do-it-yourself, hike in, spike out, big deer country. So he's got some cool knowledge on that. Well, anyways, hey, get a hold of us, ValorAdventures.com, um, and check us out. Uh, get you know you can you can uh, look at us on on Instagram as well. Valor Outdoor Adventures is our Instagram, and we're here to help you with uh, just anything you you need. I mean, uh, if you don't have a dashboard with us yet, get a hold of us. Let's get you a dashboard. That's complimentary. That's totally free, uh, and then uh, you've got that as a tool to help you. Right? You can do one hunt plan as a user. Um, but I would really recommend you become a member and access our concierge service, get all the discounts on the gear. We have some great gear. We're going to continue to add more gear. Uh, we have great rifle systems. We're going to continue to add more of those. And so uh, I'm not trying to sound like an infomercial, but just want to make sure people know what they have their, have access to. When, when we show people um, our platform, we show them our software, their reaction more often than not is, how does, how do you, how does not everybody know about this? Why, why aren't all the biggest guys in the industry using this and it's because they don't know about us yet right but as they do they're going to want to implement what we have because it, it just it, it makes so much sense for them as well and like you said andrew we need to be one team right i, I think as, as hunters we need to be one team come together work together we all win and uh, so anyway uh hope some of this stuff uh comes in handy for you we we believe it will and uh, we're looking forward to do episode after episode and again leave it leave some feedback leave some comments love to hear them and all of you make it a great day all right until next time, we'll see you later.